start with breaking news in our law and justice lead. CNN has obtained exclusive recordings that reveal a chaotic last-ditch effort by former President Trump's campaign to get fake elector ballots to D.C. They were trying to get the fake ballots to former Vice President Mike Pence in a final push to overturn the 2020 election. The plan involved a haphazard chain of messengers, staffers for two sitting Republican members of Congress, and talk of even chartering a private jet. All of this to ensure the fake ballots from Michigan and Wisconsin got to the Capitol in time for the Electoral College certification on January 6, 2021. Emails and recordings show new context in the dizzying scope of the unsuccessful fake electors plot, a major piece of special counsel Jack Smith's criminal indictment against Trump. CNN's Marshall Cohen broke this story for us, and he's joining me now. So, Marshall, what are we learning from these new recordings? Hey, Bianna, we've known bits and pieces of this story, but now we're getting the full picture. And it comes from Ken Chesborough, who in many ways was the architect of the fake electors plot. CNN has obtained recordings of his recent interview with Michigan investigators and hundreds of emails that he also turned over. They are revealing the last minute scramble on the eve of January 6th to get those fake certificates to Washington, D.C. Listen to this. This is a clip of Ken Chesborough describing what happened when Trump campaign officials realized that those critical ballots from Michigan, Wisconsin were stuck in the mail. The general counsel of the Trump campaign is freaked out that Roman reported that the Michigan votes are still in the sorting facility in Michigan, which doesn't look like they're going to get to Pence in time. So the, the general counsel of the campaign was alarmed and, and was chartering, well, they didn't have to charter a jet, but they did commercial. This is like, yeah, so this is a high-level decision yeah. to get the Michigan and, and Wisconsin votes there. To, and they, they had to enlist a, uh, you know, a U.S. senator to, to try to expedite it, to get it, uh, get it to uh, uh, Pence in time. Remember, they needed to get those ballots to the House floor because they wanted Mike Pence to throw out Biden's real electors and replace them with Trump's fake electors. So in the end, the campaign didn't need to charter a jet. Staffers booked last-minute tickets on commercial flights, but they ferried those ballots to Washington, D.C. on January 5th. And once they got to D.C., there was a series of handoffs and couriers that even included some help from Senator Ron Johnson's office. Those ballots eventually reached the U.S. Capitol in time, but Pence's team said they didn't want them. He refused to go along with the plan. Be honest. Fa fascinating new detail. Uh, Marshall, how does this all factor into Jack Smith's criminal case against Trump? Well, this episode is vaguely referenced in special counsel Smith's indictment against Trump. Sources tell CNN that some of the people who were involved in this, including the staffers who were on those flights, they've spoken to Smith's team. But it's not totally clear how many of these new details about the last-minute scramble will factor into President Trump's trial, which is scheduled for March. So let's go back to Chesborough, because that's how you're learning a lot of this information. That's who we heard from in the audio tapes. He's now blaming the Trump campaign for his legal problems. What did he say about that? He's upset. You know, he thinks he got burned. And it is true that some Trump campaign lawyers told the January 6th committee that they basically washed their hands of the fake electors plot. But the emails that we've obtained show that at least some of them were involved in the 11th hour discussions about how to get the ballots to Pence. Here's Chesborough again telling Michigan prosecutors basically that in his view, he was thrown under the bus. To have the three top campaign lawyers 
in interviews with Congress claim they pulled out of this uh, on December 11th and I ran off and did it with Giuliani when in fact they were day-by-day uh, day coordinating the efforts of more than a dozen people with the GOP and with the Trump campaign. For them to basically say they had nothing to do with it and it's, it's because me and Giuliani, is, is, that's what really rankles. So that I could have avoided all this. So it's been, uh, it's been a real a lesson in um, not working with people that you don't know and uh, you're not sure you can trust because uh, it really went south on me. Biana, he says he learned the hard way, and that's probably why he's now cooperating with criminal prosecutors in Michigan, Wisconsin, and other key states where they tried to pull this off. Marshall Cohen, thank you so much for this new reporting. Uh, joining us now to discuss is Elliot Williams, CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor. Elliot, uh, that's quite the paper and, I guess, audio trail, too. What part of this, in your view, is most legally damning? Look, it's more evidence, uh, Biana, and you know, to, to state the obvious, more evidence is always a good thing because of the for prosecutors, of course, because of the fact that not everything is going to get into court. Now, Jack Smith is certainly building a case against the former president based on other statements others have made, documents, videos, whatever else. But now you have uh, more audio tapes that could be admitted into court. It's one thing for a jury to read a transcript or even hear someone talk about things that they heard somebody else say. It's another thing to hear voices. They have a sort of evocative effect in a courtroom, and that's where these uh, could be more could be valuable and powerful. Yeah, and as you just heard, Chesbro told Michigan prosecutors that the decision to get the fake ballots to D.C. was, quote, high level. What do you make of that term, high level? Yeah, everything comes down to intent in criminal prosecutions. We've talked about this uh, over the months or, frankly, years that, that these cases have been percolating. And prosecutors have to establish not just that an act happened, but that a defendant intended to commit the act and with criminal intent. Now, here, some of the things that are charged are conspiracy to obstruct a, a, a congressional proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the United States, offenses like that. And they have to know that the acts they're engaging in are either unlawful or violations of, of federal statutes or, or, or whatever else. Here, um, the furious attempts to move these ballots across state lines could be introduced as evidence showing the state of mind of not just the former president um, went up to him or people around him um, who knew what they were doing um, and attempting to take all efforts to get these uh, fake or alternate, as the, their argument is, ballots uh, to Washington, D.C. And so um, it can certainly this is evidence that could certainly speak to intent if it gets in. And this new reporting from Marshall Cohen, it comes on the eve of what's going to be a very busy January for the former president. Let, let's walk through the calendar. He'll need to appeal yeah. the Colorado decision, taking him off the 2024 ballot by January 4th. Then on January 9th, his legal team will argue the immunity claim in a D.C. appeals court. He's also got the civil fraud trial, of course, the Iowa caucuses in New Hampshire primary, as well as that civil trial in New York, which begins on January 16th. So let all of that sink in. Let's focus for right now on the immunity claim in D.C. What happens if the D.C. appeals court rules that Trump does not have immunity? Uh, if, well, um, if he does not have immunity, then he can certainly be prosecuted. Now, the question is, when would that ruling come? Now, in in court of appeals terms, they are moving at a breakneck pace. They will be hearing arguments on this case on January 9th, which is faster than most cases ever make it to argument. Now, regardless of what happens there, 
the Supreme Court will have an opportunity to review the case and maybe uh, hear it, which could slow any prosecution down weeks, if not months. This question of immunity is a very, very important one. And tying on this, tied to this very question of fake ballots, because the, the argument being made by the former president is that the crafting and solicitation of these alternate slates of electors uh, was itself an official act of the presidency, and therefore he was allowed to do it. So it's, it's a critical case that is being decided um, and being heard on, 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 on January 9th, uh, my dad's birthday. Um, but Happy birthday, needless dad. To say, thank you for birthday to my dad. But needless to say, um, it whatever happens in that appeal could uh, dramatically slow down the potential March trial date for this Jack Smith prosecution of the former president for election interference. We'll be watching it closely as well as celebrating your father, Elliot Williams. Thank you.